Welcome to Star Trek Stuff with Anne. And here we go with fucking water polo. And Adam. See, Captain Beckett, if you had been a fan of a real sport like soccer, you'd know how to fake an injury. Greed is bad, actually. Okay, so you've got salty soft, which is like, you know, cheese, um, big soft pretzels, um, you know, basically anything that's salty and not, you know, crunchy. Then you got salty crunchy, of course, and you got that's like potato chips, you got uh, pretzels, you know, uh, Fritos, whatever. And then you got salt, uh, sweet crunchy, which is cookies, crunchy cookies and things like that. And then you've got sweet soft which is like pastries and all that. So you have to like, when you go to the store and you need snacks, you have to get one of each of those. In order to complete the four food groups. Any munchies that you have, one or all of them will make you feel better. It's best to get all. Where does pizza, because pizza to me is the ultimate um, uh, stone food. That's salty soft. Salty soft. Okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The first one, salty soft. Yeah, yeah that, that tracks. Pizza! So I did something funny with the notes for this. Uh-huh. The second time I watched it, I watched it to to take some notes. And I think I did that thing with edibles where I was like, uh, this ain't shit, and then I ate more. Oh, never. Oh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. So This isn't work. <laughs> I was just sitting there on the couch and just going like, oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I know where the laptop is. <laughs> and I don't think I could operate it if it was here. <laughs> but I knew what I, I could am, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is <laughs> to open up the notes app on my phone because it was already oh. in my hands. Yeah, there you go. There you go. And then just do talk to text because I couldn't type. Oh, no, right? Did talk to text, and I have not looked at the notes since. (laughs) Oh, dear. So I don't know what I have here. (laughs) I have no idea what I have here. Oh, my God. That's going to be fun. Straight up. Mm. I'm trying to figure out what am I looking at in my email. I'm high as fuck. Already? (laughs) I've been scrolling through my email like, what? We just started the show. Right. Damn. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, it is. I found out how long uh, Siri will wait for me <laughs> between pauses. I'll be like, they're in space. <laughs> oh, my God. So let me put it this and way. From the like entire time the that I smoked surprise? weed. <laughs> the entire time that I smoked weed was from age like maybe 18 to like 35 the four food group snack thing is the best i ever come up with (laughs) and the only thing i remember (laughs) i consider myself a pretty creative person so like yeah (laughs) my doctor told me you can't have any like dark chocolate or like heavy amounts of chocolate the next fucking day 
like five different chocolate companies came out with like 10 different new like dark chocolate fucking candy bars the fuck if the fucking year that i quit smoking weed because of my heart or whatever they fucking come out with gummies and fucking all these edibles and like 50 gazillion ways that you can smoke weed that sucks so much i don't think it's directed towards me but it <laughs> feels like it is <laughs> I think it might be because uh, with all marijuana packaging, uh-huh. it says LOL and <laughs> comma LOL. Like down at the bottom. I've always wondered why that was there. <laughs> I never knew before. Fuck Anne. <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> so mad. <laughs> Tell Anne sad trombone. That, I saw that on one of them. <laughs> and I wondered why, but it's all clear now. <laughs> So shall we with this episode? We shall with this fucking episode. Yep, yep. It's not totally terrible. As with most Enterprise episodes that are not, you know, absolute shit, there's good parts and there's really terrible parts. I think that it is completely saved by casting. Oh, God, yes. This is 100% like, they're like, okay, we're going to do a Ferengi episode. Brunt. F-C-A. Yeah. So we're going to bring back some fan favorites. Right, right. We're going to bring We're gonna bring in some, what do they call that, like a some designated hitters, some ringers. Totally, totally. Character actors with all the cred, yeah. Star Trek cred. Definitely. It's pretty cool uh, who they got for this, and if it hadn't been them, this would have been an absolute piece of shit, to be perfectly oh honest. Oh my God, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they they pretty much handled the whole fucking episode. Because that's what heroes do. Jeffrey Combs, of course, who's Shran, who's uh, done like 15 different parts in fucking (laughs) uh, DS9. In one DS9 episode, he plays two different parts. Like, he's just in everything. It's also entertaining. Clint Howard, who is alumni of the original series. I'm Baylock. Welcome aboard. That's fucking awesome. And then also, we've got Ethan Phillips, who played Neelix. This ship is the match of any vessel within a hundred light years, and what do they do with it? Well, uh, let's see if we can find some space anomaly today that might rip it apart. Well, the last yeah. time we saw him, you know, if you're watching this on TV or whatever, it was the second to last, third to last uh, episode of Voyager. Mm-hmm where he stayed behind. Oh, my God, because he met that lady that Trip fell for. Same actress. You know what I mean, though? What? Yeah, so remember how Neelix, like, met the other Talaxians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, well, uh, sorry, spoiler alert if you have not finished Voyager. (laughs) You can try and stop us from getting to the truth, but I promise you, if you do, I will respond with all the unique technologies at my command. Jane way out. He meets these Talaxians, and there's like this, like cute mom, and she has a kid, yeah. Yeah, and he, yeah. he he falls for it and everything. It's that same actress that Trip fell for and got uh, impregnatified by. Oh my God, that's amazing. That's her. That's her other uh, Trek credit. Is that she? That's very cool. Is Neelix's like hot mom or whatever nice. that he fell for? Anyway, so yeah. Yay! So that's the last time that we saw Neelix. And uh-huh. so here, yeah, here's uh, Ethan Phillips coming back, and I think he's good in this. He's very good. He's very good. It's a very different character. You know, he's he's got like a totally different attitude and everything. It's great. It, what's sad is like this poor guy Matt Malloy, who's just 
got this stupid voice. Like, that's his whole character. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of room for him. Something about him seemed familiar. Mm-hmm. So I just checked his IMDb real quick. He is in one of my favorite comedies that I uh, haven't seen in forever, but totally need to rewatch. What's that? Drop Dead Gorgeous. <gasps> I love that movie. Isn't it fantastic? That is such a fucking good movie. So he plays one of the judges. Oh, shit. Okay. I, okay. I'm thinking that he is the one that was like, all right, then. He, he was the one that was trying yeah. not to be creepy. <laughs> Yeah. But he was, yeah. and he was trying. Yeah. So, it was such a great role because he was like every every line that he had was something about let's bring out the young girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that movie, oh my god, that movie is fucking hilarious. It's it so is good. seriously one of the best movies ever. If you have not seen that, it's kind of hard to get a hold of. Oddly enough, but like, do it, buy it, whatever, whatever you have to do to get a hold of that movie and watch it because it's really. A classically bizarre but hilarious movie. It's totally a cult movie now. Yeah, um, because it's, of that, it's like a like a dark comedy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's got like teenage Kirsten Dunst yep. and uh, uh, Denise Richards. Fantastic cast. Kirstie Alley. Kirstie Alley. Humor. There's our track connection. It is a difficult concept. I feel like it was one of those movies that was out for a few years and didn't do well, and then like yeah. Slowly got like a cult Exa- and following. And then it just like picks up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's uh, available on Hulu. Oh, fuck. I'm going to watch Drop Dead Gorgeous later. I'm so stoked. Let's get to the damn episode, motherfucker. Okay, let's do an episode. The fucking episode. <laughs> We're in space. We're, We're in, in space. space. The final frontier. And the Enterprise is like it's moving just floating at a- around like fucking jelly in a glass of water. Or something. I don't know. Shit. I kind of wish it was more spazzy floaty. Like it's, it's sort yeah. of just turning. Yeah. You know, like, just, like, I, I don't yeah. know how to, there's a, the axis plane, whatever fuck thing, but it's not like tumbling, which would look awesome. But, yeah, or, or, it or would. Slightly upside down. It's just sort of flat turning to the right a yes. little bit. <laughs> That's yeah. all. Yeah. So probably could have done with a little more there. Uh, and there's another ship coming at it. And we see the Ferengi ship interior with our cast of great Star Trek character actors and one dude who we never hear from again. Someone say something? Then they're speaking in the native Ferengi, which is kind of awesome. You don't hear the native languages spoken often, and I love it. It's really good. Uh, Immediately, uh, I just thought of how barky the Ferengi were the first time (laughs) we as the audience saw them in in TNG, where it's just like, we are human. Oh, you are ugly. Yeah. And then, of course, it was crazy over the top when they oh, uh, were with so them on the planet. We'll get to that, I'm sure. So slightly racist, yeah. yeah. Also, what is the state of Ferengi dentistry? I mean, seriously. They should look at our history. We They could make a ton of money convincing everyone that they have to have perfect, straight, white teeth. Well, do they really need, like, the spiky chompers? They eat That's what I'm under- tube grubs. They eat bugs. Yeah. Yeah, they eat, like, worms. They eat soft food. They eat chewed food. Their moms chew their food for them. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, God, that's so gross. <laughs> you keep nasty chips. Why do they need giant spikes coming out of their mouths? Exactly, yeah. And, like, crooked and fucked up looking and all yellow and gr- I mean, what the fuck? What the fuck? 
doesn't make any damn sense. Why don't they have gold? Why don't the rich ones have gold teeth? Yeah. Oh, there you go. That they actually looked totally pretty cool. Gold teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and the whole cold open is just them pulling up into the Enterprise and like lots of sinister like kind of thing going on. Bad guys. Yeah, and then it just goes to theme. Crossing our fingers, singing a song. We're making it up as we go along. Through the highs and the lows, we'll be right, we'll be wrong. We're making it up as we go along. And there will be days we won't know which way to go. I'm, I'm looking at my notes. Mm-hmm. That I just spoke into the yeah. thing and didn't know what it was saying. Uh, so it uh, actually it found several different ways to interpret the word Ferengi. Oh yeah. Uh, this first one is to Frankie. To Frankie. Like T O right. and then the name Frankie F R A N K I E. So to Frankie actually walk onto the Enterprise, and I'm like, well, holy shit! I think we're gonna break some cannon. <laughs> yep yeah yeah it's really uh there's a lot of like uh things that pissed a lot of people off when they first saw this episode because the Ferengi we weren't supposed to have met the Ferengi until TNG first season of TNG so like this is all like doing a lot of retconning um, but the the script was very careful to never say the word Ferengi it's true you know. And after this, by coincidence, like uh, my wife and I were doing a uh, TNG rewatch. Uh-huh. So we're watching season one. And so right after we watched this, we're like, oh, I want to watch TNG to put it on. And it's that episode. It's the Ferengi oh, episode. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I went back oh, again God. and watched the beginning of it. And it technically, this does not break canon. Yes. Yes, technically it does not. Got off on a technicality. On Enterprise, they gave themselves just a little bit of wiggle room. They found like yeah. a tiny, tiny little bit of room, and they just went ahead and like, let's go ahead and have a Ferengi episode, and yeah. we'll bring back some some of the uh, uh, beloved guest stars for it. It'll be fun. What's interesting, though, is in the uh, On Memory Alpha, there's a note from Brandon Braga. It says, Brandon Braga admitted there's no excuse, no excuse for the Ferengi. No excuse. That was an act of desperation. I hated it. What? Well. What? Desperation. And he hated it. Yeah. What You're the fuck? You're in the first season. How are you desperate in the first season? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What are they talking so, about? What, what's yeah. he talking about? They're terrible, is what it is. <laughs> um, who wrote this episode? It's uh, uh, Maria and Andre Jacques Maton. Yeah, they I came think. back. And a story by Berman and Braga. Yeah. What? That's their own damn fault, then. Oh, I totally forgot that. Uh huh. Ethan Phillips has actually done, uh, has been in Ferengi makeup before. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But he yeah. was he was Neelix as a Ferengi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. That was such a weird episode. Grenegas. The Ferengi ship is connected to the Enterprise, and they're walking on with the masks, these masks on, which are pretty cool. Um, and in this shot, I love the costumes and props. It looks really cool. They're walking around with big Scooby-Doo searching a haunted house vibe. Yeah. And they turn a corner and it looks like everybody's passed out from like a mega scorcher house party. Yeah. <laughs> this is beat. Total sausage party. One of the Frangies, like, you know, he's like, oh, look at this guy's ears, you know. And they have like 
ear envy or ear what what's the opposite of envy like derision <laughs> i don't know i can't tell what i think they're just like wow these guys must be real bad at business because yeah. that's such a thing in their culture is that the lobes for you <laughs> know lobes, your lobes yeah. you know yeah. your lobes are everything <laughs> and they go to the mess hall and everybody's passed out on their food <laughs> and then okay this oh this bothers me. So one dude has like fallen backwards in his chair, and that is just wrong. Nobody, if you pass out laying back like that, you will fall to the side or you will slide down out of your chair. That's true. Nobody falls backward over a chair. No. In that, and he's like kinda... leaning back and his like heads way back and everything. I'm like, that's just not how it's gonna happen. <laughs> Jeffrey Combs, Reanimator. Uh, Ferengi, is super fascinated by lemon meringue pie, which I understand. It's a beautiful food. <laughs> um, and then they go to the engine room where we see another dude passed out, quote unquote, in another extremely unlikely pose. Is it the guy, the, the very first shot where the guy is yeah! dra draped over the, uh, the railing? <laughs> that is so stupid. Like, nobody passes out and stays like that. <laughs> the chip must have hit hard. Yeah, like if you passed out like that, like, yes, you would hold that pose for like a second, but as your body relaxes, you'd fall on the floor. So far, uh, we're a few minutes in, and there's been no dialogue in English at all. Right. Like, both before and after the theme, and I love that. That's that's risky. That's, it's pretty cool, yeah, yeah. I'm thumbs-upping the episode at that point, mm -hmm. because it's not comfortable, and the no. thing is with the Ferengi, you're always kind of like, okay, are they silly or are they scary? Yeah, very much so. And you know, all through DS9, through everything, always with the Ferengi, are they silly yeah. or are they scary? Uh, yeah. Is it both at the same time? Is yeah. there's a, It's always a little bit difficult with them. Uh, mm -hmm. to sort of nail it down. I like that it's not just one thing. Yeah. We yeah. know that the Ferengi are all about the one thing, which is making money, turning mm -hmm. profit. Mm -hmm. But within that, sometimes they're actually causing serious damage, and sometimes they're yeah. just like... They're straight. Sometimes they're, they're just straight up evil, you know. Yeah, and other times it's just like everyone else is rolling their eyes. Yeah. Oh, the Ferengi, yeah. the greedy Ferengi again. So they come into the the engine room and they go to what looks like a basically like a squat water heater. They give you the impression you understand that this this is what sent the knockout gas throughout the ship. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Yeah. I did not get that at all. Later on, they explain it a little bit more, but we'll get to that. Um, and so here's where the ick factor comes in, which, of course, banned Brannon and Braga. Um, and I don't mean ick because Ferengis are gross. I mean ick because these are misogynistic characters who treat women like objects and it's not okay. It can be both. The Ferengi don't it, exist. You can just say, yeah, yes. they're gross. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know. Fine. But like, But they're very, like, it's, it's a thing where, like... People are like, oh, but they're, you know, they're short and they're gross and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yes, but it's not because of the way they look that it's a problem. <laughs> what makes them threatening is their turbo, like, next levels of misogyny. Yeah, exactly. In their yeah. in that culture. Exactly, yeah. Whereas otherwise it would just be like, those wacky Ferengi. Right. <laughs> right. Then they go to the bridge, and while the well, they're on the turbolift, turbolift, um, they take off the masks. Evidently the gas has, you know, dissipated or whatever. 
Um, and then on the bridge, there's more awkward and extremely unnatural looking poses. Because, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, the captain's, like, slumped in his chair. And I'm like, once you relax, you would just fall on the floor. And Malcolm is, like, sort of, like, turned towards the camera. And his head is, like, resting on the on the console. And it just looks completely silly. Um, and he's not in this episode at all. Right. Like he has. That's the only time we see him. At least we see his face. Travis, we only see the back of, and we see him just get dumped on the floor hard. Drop it. So they get into the elevator, and they figure out, all right, the air is fine. We're okay. Um, no COVID. So they take off the little gas mask thingies, and it's Jeffrey Coombs and Clint Howard. Mm-hmm. Uh, who has been in every single Star Trek ever. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, uh-huh. My favorite one is DS9 because yes. they went out of their way to include him. It didn't need to be there. It didn't need to happen at all. But they were just like, we have to have Clint Howard. He hasn't been in DS9 yet. I, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but Clint Howard is Ron Howard's brother, the director. The guy on Happy Days. Yeah, and Ron Howard has put him in every single uh, movie that he's ever done. He had what it took to be an actor. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I didn't realize that. That's fucking awesome. And he's like, you know, he's all right as an actor. Like, in this one... No, he's great. He's very, it's early Frankie, and he's doing it kind of trolly and broad. And yeah. Like, the one in DS9 was the future tense or past tense, whatever the thing mm-hmm. where they come back to like our near future and look at right. what is almost certainly our near future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, they just find him in this building and he's just in there and he's a weird dude and that's it. Yeah. Like they give him like a yeah. full two minute scene or something and they're just like, <laughs> yep. okay, well, bye now. Well, like, there you go. There's Clint Howard. Yay. He <laughs> doesn't connect to anything. It's just, look, we needed to have Clint Howard. Yeah, absolutely. So, we absolutely need to have Clint Howard in there. Yeah. yeah so I'm glad that uh, Enterprise stuck him in there uh, this yeah. early because we're still in season one, which is crazy because yep. I feel like we've been doing this for a long time. I know. I know. It's, yeah. Oh. Uh. <laughs> We love it. Thank you, patrons. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Thank you, patrons. Thank you for being a friend. On the bridge, more extremely awkward and unnatural poses. Uh, Captain's like slumped down in the chair, and I'm like, he would have fallen out. Yeah. No matter what. Like, you know. And uh, uh, we see Reed, and he's got like his head like laying on the thing in this incredibly awkward position. Like, that doesn't, just no, you know, none of that would work. Um, And obviously the Ferengi that um, Jeffrey Combs is playing is everybody's whipping boy. We kind of gather this even though there's no, no, you know, English dialogue. Speaking of whips, when we cut back to the Ferengi ship, we see Neelix Ferengi sitting there with a whip. Yeah. He has a whip. And I love that. Because it's a fairly normal, like contemporary-ish looking whip, yeah. which is great because if everybody remembers, uh, I forgot the name of it, but that first Ferengi episode in TNG, they have those whip weapons. That are so weird, yeah. Oh, they're so strange. <laughs> they're so weird. It's like a giant <sighs> handle and then a, a big, thick piece of tubing, like yeah. really flexible tubing, and they have to whip it at their target and then it shoots out a projectile energy yeah beam or whatever yeah yeah from it yeah it's like a phaser slash whip yeah 
Yeah. It's so stupid. <laughs> it's can we talk can stupid. we talk about that episode because that that portrayal of Ferengi, oh my god. That was so wrong. It's yeah, it's not good. It very much reminds me of like the something of Zion, the the conspiracy thing. Yeah, yeah, describing Jews. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. That's it. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. I've actually read it. Oh my god. Or at least a chunk out of it. You know, it was bullshit. Of course it's bullshit. It was written as bullshit. It wasn't written seriously. From what I understand, it was propaganda, it was propaganda. from yeah. like the czarist regime yeah. to get people to hate Jews and, and stuff. And it's it's pretty vile. And it, it really it, is. Made up whole cloth and uh-huh. it has informed like a huge chunk of conspiracy thinking ever since. There's a great yeah. video on this on YouTube. I think mm-hmm. Vice maybe put it out. It it informs uh, conspiracy theories now, like QAnon and oh, yeah. you know shit like that, and the Proud Boys and all of that. It is, it is still to this day. People think that that shit is like a real thing, and that really happened. Like it's not. They don't think it's propaganda. They just think that like this was something written down, like history. You know. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, and it's. And and most of these people, these conspiracy theorists that we have now, haven't read it, probably don't know what it is. But, but it's all it derived in, from that. Exactly. It has yeah. influenced conspiracies ever since. Mm-hmm. I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay! You don't get to the terrifying amounts of European anti-Semitism that uh, fascism was built on and stuff like that. You don't get any of this without Without. Mm -hmm. Protocols of the Elders of Zion. If you could go back and get rid of one book from history, there's a good case to be made for that one. One of the other threads that goes all through it is the whole eating babies thing. I know that babies taste best. You know, somebody save the children. They're eating babies. They're drinking blood, blah, blah, blah. That is not a new thing. That's not a just a QAnon new thing that that they came up with, right? You know, that's been like since medieval times. Oh yeah, that was something that that they that people accused the Jews of, so that they could take their shit and kill them. Absolutely. But I say all of this <laughs> <laughs> because the portray the first episode that the Ferengi were in, their portrayal was such a Jewish stereotypical. I mean, it was so frightening. Jews in space. I mean, it's a good episode in general because I really like that episode. It's a it's a very interesting concept. Um, it's it's a very season one like Roddenberry concept too because it's yeah, like yeah. look at these people that are obsessed with money and obsessed with ca- and let capitalism right. ruin their lives and mm-hmm. and uh, us humans we've evolved beyond this sort of thing and uh, totally yeah, that that kind of yeah. thing, you know it it is and and but the the background part of it where they you have the the portal and he's you know uh, looking out after this uh, ancient civilization that's died out that's the part I like. But when you get to the the portrayal of the of the Ferengi, it's just like, dude, that is wrong. Yeah. Oh my god! It's bad. They're yeah. like they're squatting down and like holding their arms over their heads, making like clawing motions. It's very yeah. ape-like. Oh, it's very strange. 
and and they got the big ears and the nose and like they're like females. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so so bad. N- nobody delivers a creepy females like a Ferengi. <laughs> there seems to be this weird tendency now for um news and uh people talking about just in general people using the word females instead of women i don't know why that's happening and every time i hear it i just hear fucking quark going females you know (laughs) (laughs) is it new or are we noticing that more because maybe i don't know the word now clangs because of the way like incelly right-wing uh pickup artists use it and stuff females I definitely notice it more than I used to because, like I said, all I can think of is fucking those Ferengi in that episode going, females. God, so creepy. Cringe, dude. I think think overall, you know, and, and Enterprise, you know, has its issues. But overall, I think this episode did a fairly good job of combining that... TNG weirdness with your quark and your you know your rom and your nog you know because that the rom and nog and you know quark and all that's like the really good end because those guys are fucking awesome nog rocks absolutely every time I worked I'm like oh my god this is this is the life I set out for nog went through the same path he went through the same path he was in something he had change he said I want to go for that he went for it. People gave him that chance. People gave me a chance. Hands down, best character. Um, and then you have the Ferengi from that episode. So, like, they kind of met somewhere closer, to, like, on the, you know, on a scale of one to ten, like ten being Nog and one being that episode. They kind of met in, like, four or five, you know, like somewhere yeah. in the middle. But, but, um, but still, like, you know offensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gotta agree um yeah this uh th- that first one in tng when we saw them armin shimmerman had the biggest role yeah. all the actors on ds9 were also uh-huh. that regularly played uh ferengi with the exception of jeffrey coombs i think uh yeah. were all jewish actors yeah in this case i don't think it is clint howard's not i don't think so i don't yeah. think ethan phillips is Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so yeah so there's a little extra uh, when you have jewish mm-hmm. actors playing these roles oh definitely uh, definitely so i think it kind of helps to kind of reel that back in uh definitely. you don't want yeah. you don't feel so <laughs> yes, ooh, I, I don't know if this is good uh <laughs> this time <laughs> with this episode we don't like awkwardness it makes us uncomfortable cringe during the next scene we see florida man laying on his back in the decon chamber in his skivvies uh really hairy legs um i <laughs> just i just haven't i was like oh my god okay um so i guess they've he looks fantastic no though. he's great yeah he's 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 not overly um you know like super buff you know but he's he's like very good in very good shape yeah he's um, like he's like military guy yeah cut trim whatever yeah yeah, yeah. he looks good um yeah, and, and I guess they figured if they were going to objectify women on the ship, they needed to object, objectify a man, which is not okay. It's not a thing to be like, well, there's men having, men are sex symbols too. That's, 
I don't want to say that's a false equivalency because I'm not sure exactly what that means, but like that's not, you don't balance things out by having more objectification. I, I get what you mean, and that's absolutely fair. I also think like, that's fine. Like men don't have <laughs> some kind of like historical uh, oppression. There's no otherizing right. of like a straight right. white dude. It's fine. <laughs> And as a as a str- as a straight you know mostly white dude like it's fine like I, I don't yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. doesn't bother it me it doesn't bother in you. the okay. least well and and if you're gonna have a sex symbol on this show trip is definitely my favorite yeah let him look good let him run around in his yeah. underwear and honestly like it's fine it's to- it's really fine because when TV let's say let's take this show uh, you have someone like T'Pol, you have Jolene Blaylock. She's basically impossible. Oh, yeah, completely. Uh, it's it's an unrealistic beauty standard. She's mm-hmm. in the point zero one percent whatever of yes. whatever, good, uh, yeah. attractiveness, whatever like that. It is so much easier for men to like get in shape mm-hmm. and lose weight and all that stuff like that than it is for women. It's just biologically yeah. like we're just built like yeah, that. It is. So I don't think that it's uh, unfair at all to have a better than average or even fantastic like looking guy like in great shape on a TV on show, show as yeah. as far as unrealistic expectation. No, it, totally. Honestly, like if I like I'm out of shape right now, if I wanted to get trip body if I put the time in, I could probably mm-hmm. do it in a couple of months. And it would take me like a two, like two years. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, I mean, it would take me a lot longer to get in that kind of shape. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's fine. It doesn't bother me in the, in the least. The only time I, that I hear uh, uh, people saying that, the only time that I hear that is people who are trying a little too hard on the, the woke scale, honestly, in, in yes, my opinion, that's sure. all, that's all just opinion. Sure. But also, uh, mostly it's from like incelly dudes. Yes. You know, like the the, the whole basement troll Absolutely. 4chan person. Well, how come the, the female and the, and the yeah. well, unrealistic body expectations? And it's like, dude, all you got to do is work out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Stop eating Cheetos. It's not that easy for women. It is that easy for you. Yeah. It really is. Seriously. I'm Han. I'm Dime France. And we want to pop. You are. So he's like laying there and he's like, hello, I've been, I was supposed to be in here in 20 minutes, 20 minutes. I've been here in almost an hour. Um, and he says he's cooking. I, I don't get the decon chamber. I, I don't I, understand I, it. I don't think it's a literal heat thing. I think he's just like, he feels like he's uh, a Big Mac. Okay. Under, under a, a hot heat lamp. lamp. <laughs> just in those lights. I don't think he's physically like burning up. Right, I think right, he's just right. Like, uh, I'm literally laying here under lights right. just for an <laughs> indeterminate amount out of time. Of my this mind. sucks. Yeah. The decon chamber is a mystery to me. I still I still don't quite get what it's supposed to do and all that. Well, t- to your point, yeah. who rubbed uh, gel, gel on him? Sexy gel all over him. Right. If you don't get sexy gel rubbed on you, does it, does does it, it work? still work? Yeah. If he's in there by himself, and well, I mean, I guess if he's been in there that long, he could put some on himself. You don't get your back. Yeah, you can't reach all. You can't. I'm trying to do it right now, but like you can't. Maybe he can because he's in rad shape. Right. I don't know, but <laughs> some serious yoga. Give us all of your money forever and ever. 
visit patreon.com slash Star Trek stuff. So he busts his way out because he doesn't know Phlox is passed out on the floor because we see like a little pan of Phlox laying down on the floor. Um, the door he breaks out of is crazy flimsy. And he yeah. does the... <laughs> it's really silly. It's like, all right, well, there's a paper thing and I'll just touch, touch. And now it... Now it opens. Flocks being on the ground was the first time I felt concern. Yes. During this episode. Totally. I was like, oh, Flocks. Oh. But yeah, he does the patented TM opening a door on the panel thing where he like sparks it and it opens. I also don't understand the decon chamber because I thought it was in Six Bay. I thought it was in Flocks Bay. But it's evidently not because he goes into the hallway and finds a passed out frat boy. My dad's like totally rich on this dealership. And uh, what sorority are you in? It couldn't be in Flox Bay because it would have to be up against the hull of the ship. Like right. you have to come in from an airlock into Into it. the decon chair. Okay, okay. That makes sense. Which there's no reason necessarily that Flox Bay is not uh, right next to the hull. But I just don't get that vibe from yeah. it. When yeah, yeah. When we see it, it feels like a central location. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, that makes more sense. I don't know that, but it just feels that way. And in my head, it was totally right next to Fox Bay. Ah. We need a map. Um, so he goes to the elevator and finds more passed out people, and he's got the best confused looks in this episode. <laughs> like, in almost every scene, he's like, er? He does have a lot of like head tilt, yeah, like, what? Uh, you know, kind of things. In yeah. this. everybody is asleep, and he's trying to get to sick bay, and he looks out, and <laughs> according to my notes, the frangy, which apparently is a word <laughs> that my phone will accept when I say frangy. Nice, said, like capital F R A N G I. Frangi. Fra- I don't know what. Huh. We'll Maybe, I guess up. that's a word. I don't know, but it thought that that was it. Anyway, yeah. so they're like robbing all the shit. Mm-hmm. They're putting everything in. And they've got the carts, like the grocery carts, you know, to loot with. Well, how can you properly loot without carts? Yeah. There's uh, there's a bit with the with Jeffrey Combs and one of the doctor's pets. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> some kind of bat thing or yeah. something that he's got in there. Yeah. Clint Howard has a moment with the trash can. Yeah. <laughs> That was really good. I was like, he just okay. sits there and steps on it and keeps like looking <laughs> at it <laughs> and stepping <laughs> on it. Uh. <laughs> what is this magic? Uh, my my favorite bit with the looting scenes was Elix Philip Ferengi uh, going through the halls with a torpedo. I don't know why that struck me as so funny, but like he's like do 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 do, and it's like this giant torpedo. I did too. I oh, yeah. busted out laughing. Like something about that <laughs> torpedo coming out and turning a corner is just funny, and I don't know why. Yeah, it was like, good. I was I was thinking I was like, uh, when I went back and watched it again, I was like, why is that so funny? It just really and the torpedo me. prop is fine. Yeah. It doesn't look like a piece of shit. I was like, they, wh- was why was I laughing so I hard? Know. Was it a shitty prop? And I'm like, no, no, it no. Fine. It's just it's just <laughs> them wheeling it around. You know. <laughs> I don't know. All right, here we go. We're gonna just steal a couple of things. And while they're on the bridge, eluding. They take the name placard off the bridge. That's really stupid because it's like, here's stolen goods for sure. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Here's where all this shit was stolen from. Yep. But yeah, they're taking anything they can pick up. And they, at one moment, they dump milk toast out of his chair, which I liked. Like, that was his only bit of acting on this episode. But they just, like, throw him off the chair. And they take the whole chair. Yeah. 
They dump him hard. They like, yeah. And the shot is from way back, so he didn't even need to be there. They no. could have used a stunt guy. Yeah. Because you, it's from behind and it's from way back, and he just they just pick Throw him up him and out. dump him hard <laughs> on the ground. Like you, he just falls out of of the shot. Uh huh. Completely. You're just like, oh. Oh shit, Travis! Like, <laughs> oh, that's brutal. But of course, that's it. That's his only uh, yeah, part. That's it. Th- that, that's his only part in the whole fucking A thing. Whole episode. Yeah. Oh, that's brutal. During all this, they are playing music that's like kind of tense. Yeah. And ominous. Yeah. But the Ferengi are being kind of silly. Oh, completely. Like when Combs is in the mess hall and he's checking out the food and he likes how the pecan pie smells, so he just puts the whole plate uncovered into his bag. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's going to be a mess. Just... Like slops the thing in there. Is it? What's he gonna do? Just like lick it off of the bottom of the bag and and whatever else it's covering because he's throwing like the medical shit in the same bag. Uh Yeah, yeah. And all this, but it. it, I started thinking about this. It's like that's kind of always been the thing with the Ferengi. Mm -hmm. Are they enemies to be taken seriously with the tense music, or are they like screwball? Comedy, yeah, yeah, with the big teeth and the yeah, it's a line that they're kind of always trying to To straddle, straddle. yeah, yeah, and uh, I don't know, I I mean, I think that in TNG they were originally intended to be uh, more bad guys, yeah. Definitely more. And they ended guy. up being more just mm-hmm. silly. Yeah, yeah, and then and then in DS Nine it was like you know they they really pumped the humanity into them. So bubbly and cloyed and happy. Yeah, because they were regular characters. Yeah. In DS Nine. Yeah, especially with Quark. Quark was like really the humanity because like Nog and and Rom were like the good Ferengis and Quark was like the one who was like I'm trying to be like the bad Ferengi but I'm really a good Ferengi you know right so it was like yeah it was just you know pumping the humanity into the characters that was an incredible team on DS9 I just watched the uh what we leave behind documentary and every time that there was a Ferengi heavy episode, yeah. they would all get together, like all the Ferengi characters and Chase Masterson, yeah. would all get together and rehearse their asses off together. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, in that's a way that the rest of the crew never did. They yeah. were like, we're going to have this family unit be just airtight. Yeah. Like our scenes are going to be great. And, and they, they were. were right. They were They were perfect. so good. Yeah. You absolutely bought that uh, that they were all related mm-hmm. and that they had uh, an established dynamic. Yeah. And over the seasons, we saw it grow and change and mature. Absolutely. It was beautiful. God, I love DS9. <laughs> it's so <laughs> fucking good. I love, look, I love the back half of DS9. Yeah. Like the first yeah. couple of seasons are fucking boring. They the, suck. The, Honestly, there's so much like of the Bajorans, you know, and they're like religious crap and like, ugh, you know, <laughs> so there's you know, lots of funny scenes of them looting. Um, and then, you know, they go to the cargo bay and they're bringing everything to this cargo bay where they that they want to take. It's it's well, I guess it's a cargo bay, but it's next to their ship opening. Um, My favorite looting bit mm-hmm. is Clint Howard messing around with the engine. Yes. He's trying to fool with something and it shoots some sparks and he falls back. Yeah. And it's very Three Stooges. It's, like it it's is. very. He like gets up and he's mad at yeah. it. He like looks at it like, I'll show you. Yeah. 
It's very broad. It is. Whole... It's very broad, very yeah. slapstick. Slapstick, that's the word. In this cargo bay where they're bringing everything they want to take and is is like a bunch of women who are just laying there. The first time I felt kind of threats or whatever was with flocks, like I said. Yeah. But this was the first point where you go, oh, right. Yeah. Ferengi. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems like there's not as many women as there should be. There's maybe 10, but like it feels like there's a lot more on the ship than that, than just that. There would have to be because yeah. if I'm remembering this right, the episode where they met the uh, chill Vulcans, except for the one guy, uh-huh. they said that the crew was one third, thirty yeah. percent, yeah. something like that. Was so one third female? More than ten women on the ship. Uh, maybe they just picked the ones they liked the best. Whatever. I don't know. Fucking. Yeah. So Trip is in engineering, still in still in his underwear, walking past still more awkward and unlikely posed passed out people. <laughs> There's one dude that's laying on the little scaffolding that they use to like reach the the controls on the warp core, and like he's laying like face down on top. There's no way you would fall off. It just doesn't. Oh, it just drives me crazy. Anyway, um, so <laughs> God damn it. So so he goes to this uh monitor screen that seems to have multiple camera angles that are fucking amazing and he's watching them take ahab off the bridge they take him to car this cargo bay they chain him up and they wake him up using the you know hypo spray morning darling at some point one of them i think it's clint howard is going through somebody's own room like they're the yeah what, what do you call, do- oh, dorm room or yeah, whatever and he takes the boots yeah yeah he takes yeah. the boots the socks yeah yeah the sock you see this guy's <laughs> sock and it's awesome i i kind of wish that they hadn't done the sock at all and they just done like um makeup whatever for the yeah. feet because we've seen ferengi feet up close right in ds9 and it's like have like long blue nails and they're <laughs> orangey and it's it's fun it's really yeah, cool yeah. but instead they just put this like hyper 1980s sock on him yeah like super the, colored yeah <laughs> what, do, what do you call that design that 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 kind of 80s like it's hot pink and there's random thin stripes of blue and yellow and pink just kind of and, yeah. boxes yeah of just like here's just here's like a yellow rectangle uh, right we had it's all that stuff super... when i was a kid yeah. is there a, yeah. a term for that I, w- I wish there was just 80s uh 80s-esque yeah i, I don't, don't know, know. If, if anybody knows it we are star trek stuff at gmail.com and, yes please and, yeah let us know because i've always wondered like what do you call that that i'm sorry but awful like it's fun <laughs> it's fun it's, it's fun it's zany but it's awful yeah. like 80s design that yeah. just was everywhere back then Lots of hot, hot pink neon colors. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Neon green. I remember a lot of neon green shirts and hot oh, pink God, shirts yes. in, in yes. Uh, uh, elementary school. In this section, uh, does Trip, mm. does he strike you as oddly casual? Like he's kind of strolling yes. through this ship. Yes. Seriously. Not sneaking around and like, oh shit, like too much. Like he's just kind of like. Well, shit, um, Greg's passed yeah. out. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Looks like a Sunday morning Pensacola beach party. <laughs> exactly. S- Sunday morning Sunday morning, Pensacola beach party. <laughs> that is the band name. 
<laughs> yeah. It's fun to say. <laughs> yeah. Tallahassee nights, baby. This is what it looks like in the morning. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so, yeah. So all the Ferengi are talking to Ahab and they've got their own UT. Um, and Clint Howard keeps punching him in the ribs. <laughs> like for no fucking reason. He keeps trying to stand up and he's like, kr, kr. Um, so the costumes and makeup in this light look a little more ridiculous. I don't know, a little more like they just seem so crazy out of place. And I think it's because Enterprise has such a particular aesthetic mm-hmm. that these, you know, extreme you know, makeup and hair and like the, well, no hair, but makeup and costumes look so out of place in that, in that environment. It's well lit. And uh, let's compare it to say like TNG also well lit, but TNG that era, you still had TV fuzziness. And it was a, wa- a lot of, a lot more warm colors on TNG. Like everything, the whole background, the, the walls and everything were right. beige. So it, it right. gave it a much more soft light. This is a much colder light because everything's gray and metal and so forth. So you get like a, a lot more of a sharp white light on everything. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. You don't have that carpeted. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, everything was carpeted in TNG. Yeah, and everything or was, beige. God, I hate beige. That's very true. You didn't have those sort of uh, uh, metal surfaces everywhere. Mm-hmm. That contributes to the lighting and vibe of it. Definitely. Uh, it's like uh, seeing Batman in the daytime. Yes. When dealing with powerful criminal elements. One can never be too well prepared. You've got these Ferengi who are coming from a ship that's like this warm kind of bronze color. And they're all like, you know, heavily textured and, and you know, detailed clothing. And uh, Clint Howard, his, his outfit's even like sort of a fake fur. You know, so it's like that thrust into this really cold, sharp light is just like, it's a little off-putting. Yeah. Um, in some scenes, it's not, but this one and a couple other ones, it's like, ooh, that looks weird, you know. It's a good choice having Clint Howard's thing have something sort of fur-like. Yeah. Because in TNG, they're just in furs. Yes. Like they're they're all yeah. they've all got like like silver and black or gray and black furs on. Mm-hmm. It's very mm-hmm. weird. It is. But <laughs> Extremely strange. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very it's very off putting when you see them in in TNG, but mm-hmm. here they're dressed no nowhere near that. But there's a couple hints at it. Yes, but yeah, for the most certainly. part, it's uh, late TNG when we see them mm-hmm. a little more refined and, and DS9 where they wear like just wacky colors, just super wacky, like, like yeah. bizarre patterns on top of bizarre patterns. Yeah, and they're just like, yeah, this works. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, it totally, and it worked. It did. It did. It did. Quark's outfit were outfits were amazing. Um, so anyway, they they want to know where the vault is, and Ahab's Ahab's like, we don't do base commerce, they, and of course they don't believe him, and they want to know where the latinum and precious gems are, and you know, and you know, Combs's Ferengi's like, I don't know, you know, let's leave, we're fine, you know, and and. Uh, they discuss taking the women and going and taking them to a slave market, and of course that really pisses Ahab off. Bro, not cool, not cool. So he starts faking like uh, he's totally got a stash. Oh, that the yeah. stash? Yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. My yeah. My note says Ahab fakes like he's totally got a stash and Agalus. 
<laughs> and I was like, what is that? And then I realized, oh, it was I was saying haggles. Oh, haggles. <laughs> but it spelled it, it spelled out haggles, A-G-G-E-L-E-S. And I'm like, that's not, uh, is that a word? Yeah. Haggles? Haggles? I don't know, whatever. This one haggling bit that he does where he's like, no, I'd rather you take the women and go. Is, right. I've, I feel a slightly unnecessary risk at that moment. Yes. Very much so. It's like, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I think you had them without risking losing the women into slavery. Uh, yeah, ag- agreed. There's also kind of a wrong thing here um, as far as like uh, uh, canon because they want to know where the gold is and they ask for gold press latinum. And he says gold bars and they get more excited. That's wrong. And if you, because if you've ever seen DS9, you know that the gold is actually worthless. They press liquid latinum into the gold. Yeah, but I could see that in the moment working where he's like, gold bars. Yeah. I mean, w- w- what else would they assume that it's for? You know what I mean? Like, no right. no one would have bricks of worthless gold. Right, exactly. Whereas the, 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 the latinum be would like... be in it. That's why it's valuable. So I can see them yeah. kind of shorthanding, especially since the they're totally awesome, apparently. Universal Translator just kind of like, Right. Like it started working. Bing! Yeah. Fairly, yeah, totally. fairly quickly. Yeah. Uh, no need for Hoshi. Oh, and he does see Florida Man, like in the second floor rafters or whatever. He, he sees that he's, you know, up and awake and around. So that's that's when he starts deciding to lead them on the gold, the wild goose chase for the vault. Trip's just kind of like up there like, oh, okay, well, somebody's up. And poor Bacula, he had to hold that like fake blood in his mouth at, like the whole time. Which, because like, like, because Howard like hits him again in the face and he like cuts his lip or whatever. And he's just like, he's got like fake blood like on his, on his mouth and lips and tongue. Like that whole, almost the whole scene. And it's just like, ugh. It's like a little tiny amount. It 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 bled less. It it. I felt like there should have been more blood, but this is kind of yeah. This this is pre Game of Thrones, when <laughs> true true when TV gore <laughs> blood or whatever didn't yeah. need to be that realistic. It's, it's, it's true. It's you're true. just gonna have yeah. like a little bit that's there, and it's yeah, it's fine, you know. And, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was just like, I don't know. I think I feel like if you get pistol whipped. In the jaw, you're gonna bleed a lot more than that. But uh, yeah, it's, it's absolutely, fine. it's fine. Whatever, uh, it's fine. You know, whatever. This was TV, you know, it's fine. Um, network TV, and 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 that that's true. In, in that case, you, what, what was um, this? UPN. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. Yes. Yeah. UPN at the time. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is the second Ferengi that we've seen Jeffrey Coombs play, and they are so completely different. And yeah, I love that that starts to develop we start to see how different he is from mm-hmm. uh from brunt FCA, you know from, yeah from, from ds9 <laughs> and uh so so they're like all right we'll go here you we're gonna fuck your deal we're gonna go uh look for it ourselves uh yeah. jeffrey coombs whatever his character's name is you 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 make him do all the the menial work all and the heavy shit. lifting yeah, all, all the yeah. heavy lifting yeah. steal all this shit make him like steal all his own shit uh, he's not stoked about it. And the look on Bacula's face when the two of them are alone, it's kind of insane. It's that look of like, ha ha, my plan is working, but it looks crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little bit unhinged. Like, it's really weird. Everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> 
so Ahab's carrying all the all of their stuff into the cargo hold of the Ferengi ship, and there's this big bin of fruit yeah (laughs) which like just sticks out like a sore thumb it's hilarious (laughs) and it's like so perfectly placed you know all the fruit like stays together none of it falls out the sides or anything it's just it's beautifully done i noticed Um, something in that that's with some of the the kitchen stuff right you got the the fruit whatever there's a plastic tub that I'm guessing had like some dishes and stuff in it. It is absolutely mm-hmm. a bus tub. If you have ever worked in a restaurant, yes. it is a legit from right now regular uh, bus tub. Bus yep. tub. Yeah, I loved mm-hmm. it. I was like, ah, yeah. I know that tub. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I've handled many of those. You call me a bus boy, I'll bust you three times, slice you three times, slice you three times. This begins the Ahab fucking with this dude's head every time he's alone with this guy he starts you know messing with his head and who's in charge they're so mean to you blah 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 you know they start talking about the rules of acquisition there's 137 i think he says yes there's a there's a whole lot more i think there's like 200 something by the time we get to like late 90s track era right yes yeah Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot more we are 100 percent fan supported if you're a listener Advertise your small business, blog, OnlyFans, etc. Right here. It's cheap as fuck. Email we are Star Trek stuff at gmail.com. Um, and I think I think there's a moment when Combs says like something really weird and hilarious. Ahab's like, back on my home world, that kind of thinking almost destroyed us. And he's like, Well, you should have managed your businesses better. I made a note of that too. I love that response so much. It's so yeah. in keeping with someone who has only ever known capitalism like that's just normal like there's nothing outside of that it's a total inability to see outside of capitalism yep a lot of us are in the exact same mentality uh it's it's a difficult thought to get out of that for us here uh especially in the west yes where it's all we and i mean like uh america Mm -hmm. because that is all we have ever known and all we have ever done yeah Yep. Uh, I recommend Max Fisher's Capitalist Realism. Okay. That is a really good book. It addresses sort of the terrifying totality of it all, like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how pervasive yeah. it is. Like, I mean, Marx makes it quite clearly about how per- pervasive capitalism is once it gets rolling. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Max Fisher's take, it's a short book, it's from Zero Books. Mm-hmm. And it's called Capitalist Realism. I'm going to side recommend that. Uh, okay. I might make that my non-Trek recommendation later. Okay. Now that I think about it. But eh, I, I, I might forget by the end of this. So yeah. <laughs> right now, yeah. I just want to make Sorry. a note of that book. Ahab is fomenting a workers' revolt, and I'm here for it. International proletarian revolution. So you get each equal shares, right? Now, why do you get less than everybody else? That doesn't seem fair. You're doing all the work. Like, he's totally just pushing all this. Because, unfortunately, the character of, you know, that that Combs is playing um, does not seem terribly bright. So he doesn't catch on to any of this. And he's so open and sort of just trusting of Archer. He's just like... Well, um, my finances, blah, blah, blah. He just starts talking about, like, his hopes and dreams and his whole dynamic with his cousin. Yeah. And it's it's just ridiculous. Like, Like, oh, uh, you know, my cousin decides my shares. I'm not that great at business. 
Well, right. well, one day I'll have my own ship, and it's just sitting there talking to this guy with like yep. a gun pointed at him, like totally, about yeah, his hopes and dreams. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, and then Ahab, you know, is like, I need a glass of water, you know, because he saw a Florida man and wants to talk to him. Combs chains him to a, a, a handle on the side of the wall. I don't know why there's all these fucking handles on the sides of the walls, but you know, he goes off to the uh, mess hall to get him some water. And Ahab's like, well, I'd love some food, too, you know, if there's anything left that you haven't taken, har, 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 you know. And it's like, it's it's this very, like, ingratiating kind of thing that he's doing with um, with the, the Ferengi. <laughs> I'm in danger! So Florida Man comes up, and he's totally got a tiny sonic screwdriver. It's a, it's a tiny uh, sonic Allen wrench. Yeah. Totally. It's a little, it's a little ee, ee, with just a light on it. Yeah. They were like, well, it's an yeah. Allen wrench, but oh shit, it's the future. So uh, <laughs> we put, have to have a, a light on yeah, it. Yeah, put a line on it. Yeah, <laughs> that'll do it. They catch each other up on what's going on and Trip's like, who are they? You know, and, and of course they, you know, try to make that very clear that they don't know who what race they are so are you chinese or japanese trips like they've cleaned out all the armories on the ship like you know crazy which is insane it is because remember he says they've got 14 weapons lockers right and remember earlier there are 15 guns yeah on the ship (laughs) we established this right (laughs) so is there seriously just like one (laughs) one per locker it's just like one gun. There's the, the oh. armory. The armory doesn't have like I don't know twelve of them. Yeah. And then there's just a couple more in emergency. Like, right. I find that weird. I find that very weird. Not very consistent, you know, with their with their own cannon, you know. <sighs> but um, but yeah. So Trip hasn't or Ahab has an idea, and and Trip goes to the cargo bay, and and they split up because Combs is back. And he's very stupid because he's lost the key to the cuffs. And Ahab has to hold the sandwich that he was eating and the water glass and everything. Him just, like, totally enjoying a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. He's yeah. so great. He is. <laughs> he's really so good. Jeffrey Combs. Reanimator. They took a bite out of it uh, when he walks in because you know with those teeth in, he, he couldn't actually. Oh, yeah, exactly. He couldn't actually eat that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, totally. So, so somebody, like... <laughs> Like a grip or whoever's job it is on a set for these kinds of things. They made a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Somebody just took a bite out of it and handed it yeah. back to him. And it's just this prop and he's walking around acting like he's eating. Just going, oh, poor God. Yeah. I like that a lot. It is. That's a good. I didn't even think about that. That fact. Yeah, it's true. Um, so Trip goes to the cargo bay and finds the hypo spray and wakes up to Paul. And she's like, um what the fuck you know i love her he's like standing there in his underwear over hoshi and all the other women around the ship are like laying around them and she's like excuse me (laughs) she wakes up she's like commander and he's like hey yeah some aliens took over the ship whatever and he's trying to wake up hoshi and she's just she could just communicate everything with just look yeah the classic vulcan sort of like Slight eyebrow lift. Uh-huh. Not full-blown <laughs> Spock eyebrow lift, but just like a little bit like that. And then yeah. his line here sucks. It could have been a lot better. Yeah. Uh, it just because a guy's in his underwear makes you, you think he is, you think Doing the worst. Something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where, yeah. It should I don't know. I feel like that could have been something else. That could have been so much better, yeah. But, that was very just throwaway, you know. Um, so this is where they actually kind of explain what happened uh, just in a few lines. 
he went down to like a moon's surface and found this the canister that was in the engine room that knocked everybody out. He took it to the you know they took it to the engine room while he was in decon, and you know they were just touching it and it opened up and and threw out the gas that knocked everybody out. It was a trap. And, and the Ferengi planted it there. Yeah, it was a trap. So, trap. Trap. Somebody else comes in. And she goes back to like looking passed out and trip hides. That sucks, by the way. Like, I, I would so much rather have seen them finding this thing yeah or trip is coming back with it or something like right. that and they open it i don't, I don't know it's i, I would have i would have liked a little bit more um we're showing instead of telling yeah we're being told uh in what feels very throwaway yeah yeah and uh yeah i don't know i feel like could have cut here or there in a in order to give us a little bit more of a background on that. Yeah. Um, How cool would yeah. it have been if, if the pass out or whatever and, and, and audience is sitting there going like, like, what is this? Who did this? And then you see the a Ferengi ship coming. And if you're watching enterprise at that time, you're probably already a Trek fan. So you know what a Ferengi yeah. ship looks like. So you're like, mm-hmm. Oh shit. The Ferengi are in this one. You yeah. Know? It, yeah. That could have been cool. Yeah. I don't know. Eh, yeah. Eh. The first time I watched the episode, I was like, how, what the fuck is going on? Like, how did they get there? Why did the, you know, you're, you're kind of confused for a good while as to how this even happened. They could have made it a little bit more um, showing and not telling <laughs> is all I can yeah, the only way I can put it. It sounds um, it sounds like they're describing a scene that they had to cut for time. Yes, or maybe they were just trying to go for the shock value of seeing the Enterprise adrift as Everybody. the first shot. Mm-hmm. But if that's what they were doing, the Enterprise didn't look adrift in the first shot. It was right. just sort of looked like it was flat, circle like turning. turning. It, yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. look like it was fucked. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It didn't. It wasn't end over end. It wasn't at a weird angle. It was just, yeah. So that that just that that could have been done better. I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Krem uh, Krem slash Combs uh, is going on and on about how beautiful T'Pol is, and we get to hear Ahab like sort of like diss her, you know, and how she's always complaining and she has no sense of humor and so forth. And, you know, it's a, it's just kind of icky, you know, when Krem is, like, touching her. Yeah. You know. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. So Ahab, like, coaxes him away, and um, T'Pol wakes up and totally expresses a desire for violence, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. She was like, oh, I love her. The thing that they're moving that he gets, uh, what, what what's the character's name? What's Coombs' character in this? Krem. 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 Okay. Mm-hmm. The thing that, that they're moving that he gets Krem to uh, come help him with is a catering fridge. And I have totally. worked with those as well. <laughs> yeah, it I is. recognize that it is. they really went restaurant supply for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and I totally. love it. I think it's great. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. If it works, it works, you know. Um, the hypo spray is empty, so they can't wake anybody else up. It's good to know these things because you're like, well, why don't they wake anybody else up? Why are you sleeping? That's why. Um, Trip finally puts a fucking jumpsuit on. Thank you. It's. You know, it's fine that he's, you know, walking around in skivvies and all, but it's, it's, it, it feels odd, you know, so it, it's good that he finally puts that on. I kind of forgot he was in his underwear. When T'Pol's like, what are you doing in your underwear with the, the look? I was like, oh, yeah, he is in his underwear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I got used to it so fast. It's like, that's what Tripp's wearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I stopped thinking about it. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I guess if he hadn't had the tank top on, it probably would have made it a lot more like, you know, 
glaring. That's true. Know? Yeah, that's true. The Ferengi are, are all in in Flocks Bay, the three that are, uh, uh, you know, not Krem. Um, and they decide that the MRI scanner is the vault and they can't get into it. And they're like, why would they put the vault in the, you know, in, in the sick bay? And he's like, nothing is more important than your health, you know. <laughs> so weird. And they all accept your money. But what's funny is my my phone translated Vulcans to Falcons. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> my notes are like, uh, she has this great line about wishing Falcons didn't always suppress their violent emotions. <laughs> <laughs> so there's you know more comic relief slash physical comedy and they're 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 definitely like playing up this um greed you know sets you uh, against each other thing um now um and he and and clint howard says do i look like a mank to you oh yeah and that was so like what you know because the mank were the oppressed class on that one planet that they went to, that they were like, oh shit, it looks like evolution is just gonna like yes. kill off the upper class and like these, this, this other uh, uh, race, the Mink, are gonna get smarter mm-hmm. and take over. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's a brilliant thing because the Ferengi were specifically mentioned in that episode. I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, they said, yeah, they interesting. Said, yeah, well, we've met other uh, cultures. Like the Ferengi. Like the Ferengi. And I, don't, yeah. I don't remember how much they talked about the Ferengi because uh, I remember Archer being like, okay, whatever. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I the, totally didn't follow up on that. And it, it, yeah. it's canon that the Ferengi had warp tech before mm-hmm. any of the major Alpha Quadrant powers. Yep. I like that they didn't get as far or weren't as successful because capitalism crashes. You know, yes. it's, it goes up and it goes down, it crashes. Yeah. And so that's going to yeah. like hold back progress absolutely um yeah there's a bit with the mri thing where uh neelix figures out how to pop it open and, uh-huh. and he does and one of the guys is standing in front of the uh mri bed when it, yeah. when it comes <laughs> and out it, like shoots out yeah yeah and so he backs up and uh he's like whoa whoa, 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 whoa and he pulls yeah. out a gun for a second there did you see this for a second there it looked like it was sped up it wouldn't surprise me if they did speed it up a little bit, or oh. at least sped up the 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 thing pulling out. No, like the film, like it. Oh, weird. it was sped up for just a second. Like when he draws his gun and pulls it out. Yeah, it is like ten percent faster than natural. Than it should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, wait, what? And I watched that scene three times. I, I That's kept weird. Going back, and I was like, I think it is just abs- just barely, barely sped up. That's so Just weird. Just to make it more whoop, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> Just to make it funnier. Uh, I, yeah. And so yeah. I thought about it. I was like, yeah, I could see them shooting it, thinking maybe it was funny, and then going back and like being speeding like, up and be- you know what? I don't know if it scans. I think we have to, like, you know. Make it bump. faster yeah. somehow. We yeah. Give it a little caffeine. And then we switch to uh, seeing Florida Man planting, like, one of those crazy, like, mag door locks on top of the label for the biomatter resequencing area, you know, where the shit is. <laughs> yeah. So 
he puts that on top of that label and it doesn't it's not really clear like why that's why he's doing this this is all like the plan comes together kind of thing back to the group of the ferengi they're looting the coffee table area the danger nook danger nook the situation nook (laughs) yeah situation (laughs) nook so much i love it so much (laughs) yeah they've got they've got a bunch of shit oh wait wait a second when they're in the Flox Bay, Clint Howard finds some kind of gadget. Right. And he's like, uh, uh, it looks like, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know, giant needle or something, whatever. And he's like, yeah. oh, this is nice. I'm going to keep it. All of a sudden, he decides, I'm now going to just keep stuff I like. And yeah. our deal is off. And yeah. uh, wouldn't that make things really awkward? Anyway, yeah, he just decides also on the basis of an object that he's never seen before, says he doesn't know what yeah. it does. Yeah. What is this? It becomes kind of a, a treasure of Sierra Madre kind of thing where they start, you know, fighting with each other. Who gets the bigger share? Who's, you know, I'm going to take this and not that. And, you know, you work for yourself and every basically every man for himself. Capitalism. Why this thing? That he why does why know. is this the trigger? Why isn't it something know. that looks like it's valuable? Some section of the warp core, some you yeah. know, there, there's yeah. no gold or whatever, but something that looks like it is legit, super valuable that would make you go like, okay, I'm fucking over everybody for this thing. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a little odd. One thing I can't stand is when motivations don't work. This motivation does not work. No. In this particular, yeah, in this particular moment, yeah. What's my motivation? Because then it continues on when they go to the coffee table area. He's he's like, this stuff is mine, and you just get whatever you want, you know. And that's what, that's, it, I guess it's like they're planting seeds into the the whole argument, but that particular seed does not work. Yeah. So it kind of makes it, yeah. It's totally fine. Like, like the it's the right place for that. Yeah. So that makes sense. Like, you want to have them start to fracture yeah. over their greed, but, like, give them a reason. Give them a good reason instead of, like, what looks like a terrifying gynecological instrument. Yeah. They decide to head for the captain's quarters because that's where, you know, this guy keeps his latinum. And T'Pol's, like, on the other side of a wall, and she's listening, and she sets off, like, this loud alarm, and everybody's like, ah, you know. Um, and she, while they're freaking out over the, the alarm... And fire and like fire a gun into her fucking science console. <laughs> she comes in and takes back takes like some of the scanners, and that makes them argue with each other even more. Absolutely uh, maxed out stealth stats onto Paul. Yeah, she just yeah, totally. sneaks in. I think uh, I'm pretty sure uh, that costume has something high heel ish. Yeah, right in the footwear, so it's like pop, yes pop, every time you walk, but mm, yeah. not now so that's cool. not right at the moment yeah, yeah. <laughs> and somehow those shoes are like part of her entire outfit so yeah whatever it's basically a cat suit onesie. onesie yeah yeah uh, i love that he shoots the con yeah this is great because it's sort of a callback to the uh bit earlier where he's trying to pull something off the warp core and it zaps him oh yeah so yeah, he's like true. finally i get to teach lessons to objects <laughs> He shoots that shit twice, too. Uh-huh, he does, yeah. He shoots it. They all look at him. Okay, thanks, great. And then, like, they leave, and he, he just shoots, shoots it again. It again. <laughs> this was for me getting zapped by the warp core. I'm teaching this object a lesson. If it doesn't want to get hit anymore, it'll straighten up and fly right. 
<laughs> What's funny is like what at the end of that scene, like because they're arguing, she she took three of them and puts two of them in somebody else's bag and keeps one. So they're arguing about like who's who's got that last one, you know, and and you know they're you know you're lying blah 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 and then they show her and she's holding the third one and she looks so smug <laughs> like she's just like so fucking smug about it she's like Meh. i think she just looks you know? chill she's uh, yeah oh yeah she's very chill about it but she's looking at the at the scanner like it's, i don't know that's hilarious it was very james bond like it's it was so yeah. slick that i was like fuck yeah just Total spy move. You have a nasty habit of surviving. Well, you know what they say about the fittest? And it's, you know, such a psychological warfare kind of thing. You know, they're not they're not taking them out one by one or anything like that. They're making them fuck with each other. Yeah. You know, which is, it's pretty ingenious. She knew two things right off the bat. A sonic attack is going to work because they have yep. gigantic ears. Okay, that's yep. easy. Yeah. But then also immediately seeing the greed... And knowing, mm-hmm. okay, I can use this to get them to turn against, against each them. other. It's fantastic. Yeah. They start arguing, and Ethan Phillips is like, are you calling me a thief? And it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think your job description is right now? <laughs> like, what you, yeah, that's exactly. literally what y'all are doing. You're looting a ship. Yeah. <laughs> You gassed a bunch of people so that you could steal their shit. Everything, yeah. I love that he's offended by being called a thief in that moment. Uh-huh. It's so good. Ahab's continuing with the mind fuckery. I don't know why I thought it was interesting, but I thought it was interesting that, that um, Krem slash Combs Reanimator. was like, it said that the warp core stuff is in high demand. I thought I just thought that was interesting. Like, somehow that makes a note of what the universe, you know, is like at the moment. I'm sure at the time the Ferengi are going around offering warp tech for money to everyone. To yeah, yeah to pre-warp yeah. civilizations, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah, totally. Ahab's like, you know, they don't treat you good and you should prove them wrong, and he offers to share the gold with him 50/50 and make him totally rich, and he offers to throw in the Vulcan female. Oh, the second time <sighs> yeah. he bargains to Paul's life. I'm like, yeah. Dude, come Dude, on. Don't do that. But he doesn't take him up on it. Um and then we get the Porthos scene. We finally have a Porthos scene, and it's fucked up. Traumatic. Um, the other Frankie's like they're trying to talk to Porthos. The guy that talks like this <laughs> is trying to talk to Porthos and tell him where the vault is. It's fu- um, it's <laughs> astonish it's astonishingly dumb though. It's funny though. Yeah, I love that there's a logic to it that is explained. Like, you could come up with this. Like, if we're sitting here spitballing about it, we could come up with this. But they explicitly go for it, where he's like, yeah. that's a, Clinton Howard's like, no, it's a lower life form. It can't understand you. And the other guy goes, <laughs> no, man, look at its ears. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> that's so good. That is really well. That's a really well thought out, like, Yes. process to write that Absolutely. for those characters. Absolutely. Yeah, they would think, well, maybe there's something to do. It's, you know, <laughs> it's 
Because he's got huge ears. He's got big ears. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be smart. <laughs> the only thing that saves this scene from being like, no, 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 like everybody's got to die uh, for this yeah. is that Porthos isn't ever like whimpering or anything. He's just like right. standing there yeah. and yes. when Howard picks him up, like, I could sell this to a zoo. And it's just kind of sniffs right. him instead of being like, oh. You know, like sad puppy, yeah. sad pupper noises yeah. would make everybody be like, nope, these guys I'm, cannot survive these this. all have to die. Yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> and they put him into like a storage container. You know, they don't like lock him into a cage or, you know, or anything like, like, um, I don't know, brutal looking. Yeah. They just kind of put him in a box, you know, which is, it's sad, but he's okay, you know. Yeah. Um, so and but as he's turning and he tur- as he turns around, uh, Florida man's right there and he's you know he's running away, and uh, he chases after him. And the way the Ferengi when 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 Clint Howard uh, runs in this scene, it's so weird. He does it like all kind of bent over, like he has really bad scoliosis, you know, and like is like kind of lumbering. It's very um, it reminds me very much of uh, the Frankenstein. It's pronounced. Frankenstein assistant. Oh, Igor. Yeah, Igor. Yeah, it reminds me of like an Igor run. You know, yes, master. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, he, tro- he troll runs at him. <laughs> he totally does. So they they meet up and you know, uh, Trip leads him to the mess hall, and he goes in and Trip is hiding there as a passed out crewman. And I don't quite understand what the noise was that made that alerted him. Like, there's like a a noise, and you know, and and. Uh, Howard Ferengi turns around and is like, "Aha!" You know, and, f- and f- they fight. But I don't, I don't know what the noise is that that causes that. Me either. Something falls off a table or something. Anyway, how cool! What a, what a great opportunity right there for Trip to like breathe out or something, and then you get a close up yeah. shot of like Ferengi <gasps> the ears. Oh, that would have been so much. Yeah, that would have been so much better. He has yeah. righteous hearing, so like. Yeah, and right. Then turns around and Trip gets up and clocks him or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But he like football tackles him, which is weird. <laughs> and then he bites his ear, which is pretty hilarious. The ear bite is awesome. <laughs> it's it's pretty great. The way that this is shot had to have been a little bit of a challenge because I get the impression that standing toe-to-toe like a couple of boxers yeah florida man could absolutely destroy clint howard right you know what i mean like he seems like he's much much larger than any of these guys well in the turbo lift later you see them uh kind of all standing you know at full height and he's a little bit taller but not a ton taller. Okay. And then, and in that, you know, horrible first episode of, of uh, TNG where they, you know, show the, the Ferengi for the first time, they talk about how, like, much stronger they are than they look. Oh, yeah? Oh, I, yeah. I remember that. Okay. Yeah. Um, when, when they're fighting with them when they first meet, um, Data is holding one, like, above his head. Oh, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. He's like, careful, Commander. They're much stronger than they look. And, like, you know, Com- Riker gets, like, clocked. You know? Oh, yeah. I remember yeah. that because <laughs> Spiner, Data, whatever, first season, they did not make a lot of attempts to stop Spiner from emoting. No, they did not. And that's one scene where, yeah. like, 
where he, so he's holding up the Ferengi. He says that line. I'm glad you said that. I totally yeah. forgot about this. And then Riker gets knocked, and then Data's got this. Ooh, damn! Yeah. Kinda, <laughs> Just cut to him emotionally reacting like, ooh, that had to hurt. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of times like that where you're like, oh, that was not, that was not not emoting. Right. (laughs) That boy's human already, man. I don't know what arc he's going on, but he's already there. So Florida Man takes the gun, runs away, and he gets caught by Neelix 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 Phillips Ferengi um, and and he uses the crazy whip laser thing it's awesome fucking weird weapon but uh yeah so he gets knocked out by that um back in the cargo room uh ahab distracts the combs ferengi away from noticing that t'pol isn't there and you know continues the the mind fuckery and you know you should start showing some initiative and and all that and they the other ferengi come in and there and there's florida man with him um and yeah, and th- and this scene, it's this, it's this room somehow that that has the issue with the lighting and the the Ferengi, uh, yeah. because in this scene, they their heads all look like fucking ball sacks. <laughs> it's just, ugh. <laughs> it, it looks like they smell bad. You know, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't I, remember thinking that during DS Nine. So it's something about the lighting and the the cinematography in this set yeah well yeah ds9 lighting is all orange and amber and yeah. burgundy and all that especially in quark's mm-hmm. bar yeah. so yeah, yeah it, it makes sense yeah <laughs> come to quark's crush fun come right now go quark run so they won't leave without the gold and there's you know more infighting and they draw weapons and everything and so florida man to distract them uh volunteers to help them find the gold and i love this I love this part. Yeah, it's good. I do. I love it. Trip and Ahab get into the best like mock fight, you know, and it's totally hilarious. He's like, "You're not taking my wife," which is Hoshi, and uh, Ahab's like, oh, "What is she worth? Like five, six bars of gold, you know?" And and basically they just get into this huge physical fight. It's something that no other two characters on the show could pull off like, oh not at we all. know that these guys are old friends yeah. and that they can read between the lines when they're talking to each other and totally. they figure out oh oh that's your plan okay yeah gotcha without yeah. it being telegraphed and right. it works it totally it works. works really well only because it's them it would not have worked with reed or or you know to paul anybody else Then the Ferengi get into a fight about the gold, and they want to see all the gold together. Very shades of Treasure of Sierra Madre. Maybe we'll call this episode the Ferengi of Sierra Madre. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> so the uh, the Ferengi that Ahab has been fucking with, Combs, uh, starts to fight and wants to be taken seriously. And this is another Florida man confusion moment <laughs> where the, like the, 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 fa- the look on his face is so like, eh? uh? it might be even better than his confused face from earlier. Comes Ferengi backs down and it's so kind of sad because all of the Ferengi laugh at him. They're all going to laugh at you. Yeah. Oh. It's, he gets, he gets big dogs pretty hard. He does. It's sad. It is. Um, it's and funny. Oh, Coombs is so good that uh, the look on his face when he when when he's like, 
get back to work. He's like, shut yeah. up and do what, I, do what you're told. And Coombs is like, okay. Yeah, that's cause on. And then, yeah. oh, the look on Clint Howard's face is he's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Laughing at him. Oh, oh, it's so cringe. You feel so bad. You feel bad for him. He's a piece of shit, but you feel bad for him. No! Please. They're all going to laugh at you. Ahab's like, you really told them. And he's like, get back to work, you know. And here we go with the fucking water polo. Yep. He has a water polo injury <laughs> that flares up and he can't move anything else for them. Yeah. It's it's really oh, bad injury acting, too. It's like, oh, yeah. oh my back. Ow, oh, my back. Oh. See, Captain Beckett, if you had been a fan of a real sport like soccer, you'd know how to fake an injury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd know how to be like, oh, I'm injured. Someone threw a red yeah. card. Now I'm not injured. But <laughs> <laughs> Yep, exactly. Oh. So in back in the turbo lift, this is what I was talking about, where it's Trip and all the Ferengi. And he is taller, but he's not a ton taller than the rest of them, you know. Okay. Um, now, maybe, you know, the, the ball sack on top of their head adds a few inches of height. Hello, fellow adult. I am clearly above the minimum height requirement and shall now ride your roller coaster for which you are an attendant. He's taking him to the vault, um, you know, and this is where we figure out that's what he was doing with the... The, the lock on the bio-resequencing area. Um, so he takes them through this, like, really circuitous route, like taking them through turbo, you know, um, uh, different shafts and, like, you know, as much as possible and just to confuse them and everything. Back in the uh, space where they're stealing all the shit, T'Pol has hidden out, and uh, she just, like, walks around the corner, and Jeffrey Coombs is like, whoa, what? And she's sort of, like, seduces him basically or whatever she totally uses it yeah use the vulcan nerve pinch and the whole thing yeah it's a whole long scene it's a little cringe the butt of the joke is uh jeffrey coombs's character being like ha 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 and then whatever this is the origin story of vulcan love slave right this is where the vulcan love slave uh holodeck and hollow novel and all this um come from because it's exactly what She's telling him that that uh, the humans have enslaved, enslaved her, and she's asking her him for help, and you know she's well trained in the arts of pleasure. And she's so fucking great. There's nobody better than T'Pol. And then she gives him the old VNP. It's great. She starts to do the Umox thing, and then he's like, oh, and then she just knocks him out. <laughs> yeah. And when he, when he, his face, when she does it is hilarious. Like he's such a good fucking comedic actor and she gets a, gets the keys and a phaser. So there's a reason I thought it might be cringe for a second. You're sitting there thinking like, well, does this have to happen? Is this just Brandon Braga being like, right. Let's have Jolene be hot, you know, for, for a while. Right. But I like the idea that this is where the infamous hollow novel Vulcan love slave actually comes from. Oh yeah. Years and years later. Uh, the person who made out best out of all of these, all th- this whole crew of shitty pirates, yeah, is the the dumb one that everyone thought was was a moron, had no lobes for business. Yeah, wrote yeah. Vulcan Love Slave and just kept making uh-huh. uh, royalties on it until his death. Oh yeah, and there's a there's a sequel too. There's a sequel. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a Vulcan Love Slave too. Oh oh okay. I thought you meant like yeah. Like we follow up on this character. I d- oh no. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. We see- <laughs> We see this again. No. <laughs> He's just like chilling in this uh in this like epic palace. 
Yeah. B- <laughs> built on the royalties of, of Vulcan, Vulcan Love Slave. Yep. <laughs> That would be great. Uh, so, um, so Florida man finally gets them to the vault, and they get there, and he unlocks, it and he's like, "No, I should go in first in case there is any booby traps." And it's you know another mind fuck, and they all fight on who should go get in there first. And I need to get in there first. You're gonna fill it, you know. And I guess they're expecting like the Scrooge McDuck vault. I'm assuming. Yeah. So, and of course, T'Pol's in there, and she shoots them all. Honestly, she could have been like anywhere. Right. Right. Come to think of it, just like yeah. walk up behind them and just start firing. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but, yeah. but whatever. Anyway, <laughs> so yeah, they all get blasted. Uh, something occurs to me though. Now, uh huh. I feel like if you're going to have a scene where you have to Paul being hot or whatever like that, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like a room, a small room, with steam everywhere, and it's her and Trip. And they're standing over these assholes that they just took out together. Right. There could really easily be some sexual tension there. Oh, in that sure. Moment. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Not, it's not there, but I'm just like, fucking make out, man. Yeah, yeah. That would be a very good um, heated look moment. There you go. You yeah, know, you um, go. a success and, and aren't we awesome kind of moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, how many, I guess, action shows or whatever have we had guy character, girl character, beat up, I don't know, the vampires or yeah, whatever fucking right. thing is going on. Right. And then, like, they win, and then they turn to look at each other and just furiously make out. Yeah, yeah. So well, the, yeah. it, it would have been hack, I guess, but still. Sure. It would, it, at the very least, they could have given them each other a very heavy uh, look. You know, yeah, that right? Was, yeah, totally. Or he gives her one, and she just looks back at him blankly and then walks <laughs> away. Actually, that would have been even better. <laughs> He's like, holy shit, Jolene. And oh she's just God, like, God, whatever. Yeah. Let us go check on the captain. And then leave. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of that for today. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Too, it's too easy of a setup. So she goes back to Ahab and she, you know, she gives him a little bit of shit because of the insults that he uh, described. You know, he, she complains all the time. She's, you know, she's not, no sense of humor and so forth and so on. I feel like that could have been a lot funnier too. Because yeah. she's giving him so much funny, and he's just like, that's an order commander. Come on, he, that could have been so funny. Yeah, yes, and that shit. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't even try to be like, look, I was lying because I was trying to get him away from you. There's nothing, yeah, li- there's nothing. nothing like nothing. that there. He just, uh, I'll make it up to you or something. That, yeah. Ah. I feel like there's a blown opportunity there. It's a very blown up, oppor- oh, a blown opportunity. Um <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, so so now the Ferengi are forced to put everything back where they found it and clean up the mess, which I love that part. Fix your fucking mess. Like anytime I got in trouble when I was a kid, like a little kid, like if I fucked some shit up, I had to clean it up. Yeah. Which made me never do it again. You know, like if I wrote on the walls or something, I had to clean it up and never did it again. You know, so that's kind of awesome. Um, and everybody's awake. And why is Reed not there? Right? Like, you have, like, two security guards, but that's it. Yeah, that's all you end up seeing is just, like, a couple of security guards. And T'Pol is still, like, following them around Yeah, with a, with the phase pistols. I do this. I feel like that's a, uh, hey, security guy, come do this. Right. While I get back to my job. Yeah, no shit. And make sure nothing's, like, fucked up in the ship. Like, when he fired a gun at my station. Yeah. Yeah, her and Trip have to fix the fucking station. Yeah. That Clint Howard shot. Twice. Twice, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So adorable moment. Ahab, you know, opens the box and there's Porthos. God, that dog is so fucking cute. And if you want to pet Porthos, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Star Trek stuff and become a Porthos petter supporting us. It's only five bucks. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so there's a little, this is totally nitpicky, but that's why we're here. Um, (laughs) there's a little bit of an issue here because Ahab tells the Combs Ferengi, Krem, that he's going to contact the Vulcans and Starfleet and tell them about them. Yeah. And that if they ever come anywhere near one of their ships, that they will be sorry. But is that all Ferengi? Did they tell him what species they were? Or did he mean just this particular group of Ferengi? Right. I feel like they gave themselves a little bit of wiggle room. I mean, it may it certainly makes sense if they don't see the Ferengi again until um, TNG. I mean, that's like, you know, a good hundred, couple hundred years. Yeah. But... It's more like, you know, there should have been something in the Starfleet database about this. So in TNG, when they are talking about the Ferengi, they're saying that uh, they don't know a whole lot. There's just kind of rumors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm thinking maybe Archer just didn't feel like filling out the paperwork much <laughs> and was like, <laughs> yeah. we met these we met these guys with these giant ears dicks. and these yeah. foreheads. And they're yeah. assholes, but we, we got all our <laughs> shit back. And we told them to stay away from us or in case, you know. That's it. Press press That's... enter, save, go on about your day. Like, it, it was probably <laughs> yeah. just so sick of dealing with the whole situation. Totally. You know, as they're leaving, you know, and disconnecting with the ship or whatever, Coombs is super rough with the other Ferengi and is like, you know, turning down all of their... Um, their offers of, you know, I'm, I know a Bolian girl, I'll set you up, you know, my latinum pen, you know, and shit like that, you know, and the, the poor, poor actor that's like, whatever he says, I'll double it, <laughs> that kind of shit, uh, <sighs> terrible, um, but, um, it's a good impression though, <laughs> but he, he, and he asked to, this is, I kind of think it's cute, I don't know why, it shouldn't be cute, it's not cute, but it is cute, he asked Apollo if she wants to stay with the humans, and he and she gives as much of an eye roll as she's allowed to do, yeah. and it's it's kind of awesome. Yeah, they try to establish uh, this is where the mispronunciation human right comes from, but at no point does anyone say it wrong incorrectly. To Paul says it fine, like the humans, and then Jeffrey Coombs just goes humans. Yeah, it's like what? Yeah. No, that's not what she... Humans, yeah. How just, did you hear that wrong with ears like that? Not even close. To paraphrase Bones <laughs> in Star Trek Three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's it's a little forced, because there was never a good reason for the Ferengi to insist on pronouncing it Humans, which continued right. all the way through DS9. It's, it's true. Uh, but, you know, okay. It's all right. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, that happens. Yeah, so they, they kind of leave uh, Krem in charge, and that guy gets to ride off. And I'm just like, yeah. no. I, take all their shit. Like, that's yeah. uh, that's what, I mean, Starfleet, they're better people than us, maybe. But, I mean, I sure. would have been like, oh, guess who's getting robbed now? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, if a guy yeah. steals my wallet, and I uh, run after him, tackle him, and then get the gun, I get his wallet now. Like, that's what happens. <laughs> Period. 
So I mean, I'm just like, yeah, take all their <gasps> shit, take all their fucking dilithium. Yeah, there's not yeah. that much dilithium around, and you need yeah. the dilithium for the warp core. Yeah, at least take a big chunk of that. Yeah, it's like here's enough dilithium for you to get home. Here's and we're taking the rest, assholes. <laughs> I don't know what else that they would want of the Ferengis, but I'm like, dude, at least the dilithium. Right. Like, don't uh, you, you probably don't need their tube grubs or whatever, but oh god. <laughs> Full of protein, though. Um, so, did it trek? Uh, yeah, fuck it, man. Fuck it. Yeah. I Wait, mean, no, yeah, I think it did. I think it did. You've got these beloved guest stars that have been all over Star Trek before this. Yes. And the fake fight, that was very, very Trek. There, there, it reminded me of an episode where, uh, the episode of uh, TNG where, or not TNG, um, uh, TOS where um, Kirk had to to knock some sense into into Spock, and he you know calls him a half Vulcan, blah blah blah, you know, and they get in this like nasty fight, but it's basically just to break up, um, to break the spell that's over Spock. Um, that reminded me very much of that. You know, yes, it was a different circumstance, but everything, everything but it was the the two friends fighting thing. I, I, I couldn't think of great reasons to risk the canon the way that they did. I agree. Because, my God, they got close. They really did. They, they got really did. real close. They found just enough wiggle room in the script mm-hmm. of that TNG introduction. To mess with it. Yeah. yeah. And like we talked about earlier, like, you know, Brandon Braga even hated this episode which is bizarre like yeah he's got way worse episodes than this oh god yeah way worse yeah this this isn't that bad i mean it's it really is saved by the cast yeah totally and i kept thinking like all right you know trip we all know and love trip i don't think there was a whole lot of reason that that couldn't have been uh travis or thank you it could have been Travis. It could have been Hoshi. No, it, could it couldn't have been... have been Hoshi. That wouldn't have worked. Oh yeah, because because the 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 Ferengi and the whole females, the female the thing, female yeah. thing yeah. like that. So they, they they wouldn't have taken her seriously. Yeah, but it could have been Milk Toast. Why not? Yeah, why not? Perfect opportunity to let him do stuff. To give him a fucking part instead of relegating to him to the token black guy. Trip didn't even do any engineering y stuff, did he? No, no. That could have easily been Travis that went down and got that piece of equipment trap thingy bobber, uh, which we're all told to the side Mm -hmm. as a mention instead of seeing any of this. But yeah, uh, yeah, that could have easily been Travis. Travis, go take the shuttle and go see what that thing is that we detected Mm -hmm. and bring it back if it's neat. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Why why not Travis? And then you have Travis yep. running around. Uh, you give him something to fucking do, man. Absolutely. Once again, our show shakes its fist at the lack of development for Travis Mayweather. Uh-huh. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, and Hoshi. No speaking roles for Hoshi, for Reed, for Milk Toast, for Phlox. Mm-hmm. For, yeah, I mean, it was just basically like your main, you know, Captain T'Pol trip. Yep. That was it. Yeah, you got your you got your your, your central trio or whatever. Mm-hmm. We I mean we talked about that how that trio is a recurring thing in sci-fi and fantasy. Absolutely. Harry Potter and uh, the original TOS trio and yeah. things like that. Uh yeah, could have could have expanded on that, but oh well, fuck it. Yeah. Oh well. Uh you got any band names? Yeah, I'll go with the Hot Pinks based on the socks. The Hot Pinks. Nice. Yeah. 
Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Did you have any band names? There was one earlier that we talked about, and that's that's all I can do. <laughs> oh, that's right. We did come up yeah. with something when we were talking. Now I can't okay. think of what I can't that was. So y'all, oh, well. y'all rewind to that. Maybe I'll drop yeah. in something right here. Uh, yes. But <laughs> y'all rewind for whatever that was. <laughs> Looks like a Sunday morning Pensacola <laughs> beach party. Exactly. S- Sunday morning. Sunday morning, Pensacola beach party. <laughs> <laughs> that is the band name. <laughs> yeah. It's fun to say. <laughs> Sunday, yeah. So um, you talked about your. Um, possible uh recommendation start non-star trek recommendation as that book tell me again correction i got the author's name earlier it's mark fisher and the book is capitalist realism and i like it because it's conversational and it Mm -hmm. specifically references trek oh even better it talks about trek like a lot actually oh that's awesome yeah fantastic it's called uh capitalist realism is there no alternative by mark fisher Mm-hmm. Came out in uh, 2009, and uh, it's just kind of casual. It's not super dense the way a lot of like left writing is. Yeah, that's. I mean, that honestly, that is a barrier. Like, it's really hard to, like, I mean, with the Communist Manifesto and shit like that. It's like, oh my god, like you have to know the history and why things were like this and blah, blah, blah. You know, even just the state state and revolution, you know, it's like, that's some dense shit. Yeah, which is probably the easiest to read is the state and revolution. But yeah, yeah. you're absolutely right. The rest of it, I have tried reading Capital twice. Mm-hmm. I fully publicly admit I cannot get through that. I just can't. Yeah. Oh, fucking well. Anyway, what's your recommendation? Two things, um, both having to do with the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and you have to stay in your house all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, one is cooking with the New York Times. It's like $40 for the whole year, but it's a fantastic resource for cooking because it's not only got you know shit tons of recipes, but it's got lots of videos, Lots of like, you know, what do you mean when you say braise something? What the fuck does that mean? You know, oh, okay. notes like that. Um, it's got videos of, of the, you know, the various recipes that they do. Um, it's got a shopping list. So if you like say, you know, I want to do these three recipes this week, you put them in your shopping list and it just, you can just like print that out or just take it with you to the grocery store on your phone. And take you know tick off all of that stuff, um, and everything I have cooked from there has been fucking awesome. Sweet. Yeah, it's been like, and they're not hard recipes. Like it's not you know snooty snoot snoot kind of recipes. Um, they're they're just I mean they might use you know different kinds of cheese or something like that, but it's really good. Um, so yeah. Cooking with the New York Times. And the other thing um, that I definitely want to recommend is a thing on Netflix called Headspace Guide to Meditation. Okay. Seven or eight episodes. They're less than a half an hour. Um, It's just this dude, he explains uh, meditation and uh, a technique of meditation. and And at the end of the episode, you do that meditation. And it's just him guiding you through it. And meditation can be really um, intimidating, so this is this makes it a lot less intimidating and a lot more like I can do that. That's not you know, that's not a big deal. And it's re- and and of course you know he d- talks about how beneficial it is. So very cool. It's good shit. Yeah, both of those sound great. Yeah. Well, I guess that's it. 
Yeah. Do you know what the next one is? Have you looked ahead? Yeah, yeah, I did, and it's and it's not a bad episode. It's um, you know, a little uh, little kind of romantic, um, romantic episode. Basically, it's uh, it's uh, trip centered. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, kind of introduces more uh, about uh, holograms and stuff like that. It actually reminds me a lot of something they did in Discovery recently on in season three. Oh, cool. All righty. Have a good week, everybody. Music provided by Motherfucker. Check out motherfuckermotherfucker.bandcamp.com. If you're looking for an audiobook, there's a short one narrated by me called The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jennings. Check that out on Audible. That helps me out. If you want to send us a little donation, which please do give us the, the monies. Give us. <laughs> send us your gold press latinum to patreon.com forward slash Star Trek stuff. And if you want to just send us an email about whatever, let us know your thoughts on whatever. We would love to hear from you. We are Star Trek stuff at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we're out. We're, 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 we're done. Next time. Hey, the next one will be 20. We'll have 20 episodes. Yay! Holy shit. Wow. All right. One-fifth of the way to syndication. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Bye. Yeah, and and I I wanted to suggest, uh, do you ever ever, uh, see the, or hear the Adam Sandler um, uh, comedy album that he did? There's like a bit where he talks about, they're all going to laugh at you. Oh, God. Okay. I hate that I get that reference, but not a Humphrey Bogart reference. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Culture has failed me. I have failed myself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> that's really bad. The, 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 the the Sierra Madre what now? And then it's like, well, what about the Adam Sandler record where he just did silly shit that wasn't even jokes? It was just silly. Where he's just the going like, is play the with your time. balls. Play the with your healthy wank. Why don't you play with yourself? Like that record. The one where he's the talking yeah. goat. Yeah. Where he's like, ah, fuck me in the goat ass shit. I'm a talking goat. I say I'm a goat. I My favorite, ass. though. And for the... some reason, it's funny. I don't oh, know why no, it was funny. It is. But when I was 13, it was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever heard in my whole life. Where the guy throws the football and he's like he's like hey go go out for a pass here and like 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 the goat <laughs> hooves and then like yeah. you just hear like a like a smacking sound he's like oh my, fuck me in the goat ass like that's funny i don't know why it's funny and i get that i get i'm remembering that whole record but i don't know what the fuck humphrey bogart ever shot that's pathetic that's okay Oh my god. My favorite my favorite bit from that album has to be the nighttime is the right time thing. Nighttime is the right time. It's um, it's a guy who convinces his friend to join a cult with him because he wants to fuck this one girl who's in the cult. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh my god, that's the funniest fucking thing. It's so I'll I'll send you the YouTube link cuz it's fucking hilarious. Um, okay. Okay. Cool. I'm glad something from that is still fun. Like, oh, it's still so legit funny. funny, and not no. Just like... It's it's so weird and funny. Um, okay. Cool. Let me let me do that before I forget it. <laughs> the thing was like, uh, the what was it? I don't know what the character was. 
but they were like it was Adam Sandler's some character he made up uh, goes on a drive-in movie date with the school valedictorian. Right. And he's just like, this popcorn tastes like someone jizzed on it. And then she's like, yes, the amount of semen on this popcorn is disturbing. It is really and disturbing. that's supposed to be the joke. Like, I don't, what? It's just. Uh, okay. I'm just sending it through the messenger thing there. Okay. Um, gotcha. Yeah, it's, it. it's just called joining the cult. Okay, cool. Yeah. So anyway, um, num, 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 num. 